We're down to just two CAA teams left in the FCS playoffs. Let's talk about that and more on this week's episode of the Yak. This one is going into the record book. Guys, two remain. What did you think about round two of the playoffs this weekend? I, thought, I it thought it was exciting. I thought it was exciting across the board too, but uh, obviously really good to have two teams. We knew we were going to have one. Shouts out to Sony Brook for a phenomenal year, um, and shouts out to New Hampshire for a game that I think we all knew they had the potential, but I also think a lot of people didn't pick them in. Um, but to get back to the Friday night stage for James Madison, got the job done at home yep. against the conference team in New Hampshire again back in the quarterfinals. It's good to have two, I thought the second round in general, two upsets, one of them was New Hampshire, another one was Kennesaw State upsetting Jacksonville State. So across the board, the teams, at this point in the year, you're not gonna match up against teams who shouldn't be in this position. You're gonna, be, you're gonna have to play someone good. Yeah, no, I agree. Kennesaw State, they have, they've only been playing football for a couple years, haven't they, Tim? Yeah, this is their third full it's year. amazing. Triple but, option. So, and you know, New Hampshire hurting the Central Arkansas head coach's feelings, he jets off to South Alabama on Thursday. So, you know, that's uh, CA football making a heck of an impact so far in the playoffs. Stony Brook, obviously, like you said, congratulations to them on a great season. You know, tough outing for Joe Carbone. Only three interceptions all year, throws five, you know, against that Jamie Vaunted defense that's been carrying them all year long. And it'll be interesting to see going into Saturday, you know, I think – We've been kind of talking offline a little bit like, okay, maybe this is the week the JMU offense will kind of take that next step this year because it's it's against someone who's not as familiar with them or not familiar with them at all and familiar with their talent, familiar with their size and speed, and maybe maybe this is the weekend. Yeah, it's that they it's can complete opposites. Yeah. You were talking about uh, Weber State. I thought, obviously, you know, uh, Utah is uh, the Mormon background. Yes. Um, a lot of BYU, a lot of Utah. Southern Utah even has a lot of Mormon athletes. Uh, nope. The quarterback, right, for Weber State is married, is 20, 25. 25 and, years old. You know, goes on the, you go on those mission trips. And you have yep. just – I'm not saying it's completely that a, a JMU player couldn't be married. But no. I'm just saying it is adding to that intrigue of, well, who did Weber State play? They're from the big sky. What else do we know about them? Have to fly out. It might be a three and out, so I'll, I'll keep it short. But okay. Will that actually – I was thinking about momentum versus travel. Mike, do you think traveling across time zones – does in 2017, does it really even matter anymore, or is it college kids can be excited to play a football game no matter what? I don't know because I'm not a player, but <laughs> I know I know personally – Traveling takes a toll on Mr. Michael Winley. <laughs> Yeah, and this especially when you don't country. have a fun roommate. I mean, let's be honest too. Where yeah. is Weber State? Weber State is in Utah. Yeah, Utah. What part of Utah? I, Ogden. So we're going from Ogden, Utah, to Harrisonburg, Virginia. That, that, short week too, the Friday night game. A short week. But you you're saying they have the the maturity on their side. They have married. I'm saying I'm saying I'm, I'm not saying that's why they're going <laughs> to be fine. I'm just saying yeah. like it's interesting to think about. Does it actually matter that it's a short week? Do you think the teams even care that it's a short week? Like. Okay, we have Saturday. I'm sure for resting, obviously that changes Mondays and Tuesdays and things. But do they really need that much prep? Is it just like we need three days to prepare, watch some tape? We we know what we're capable of. I think if you're Weber State, nothing gets them. I think they need more prep and the travel time. 
I, I just think that, I mean, you're going against the number one team in the country, and, and JMU has this experience of doing this quick turnaround. The second year in a row, they're playing on Friday night of the quarterfinals, I think, that, and they're at home again. So this is nothing unfamiliar. If there's an advantage here, it is JMU because they're familiar with the short week and playing on a Friday night in the playoffs with everything on the line. They're going to be more prepared for this type of environment than probably a Weber State. On the other hand, I feel like, and I'm not a college student athlete, but you know, if I had a Friday game, I think that I would like that because I'm I'm one of those people who, you know, the more I sit around and think about like you have that anticipation, the worse it is. So I don't yeah, know. especially I mean, if it's like a late afternoon game and you're just like hanging out around a hotel, you can imagine. I wonder too if there is an advantage. Like obviously, you if you're James Madison and Mike Houston, and the, you you can't just say no, we don't want that Friday night because you're on ESPN. You're not. You're yeah. on the Watch ESPN app, yeah. and you're on ESPN too. Prime time. I wonder time too slot. how much if you're the number one team. We've seen it with New Hampshire a couple of years ago in the quarterfinals. We've seen it with North Dakota State a lot of times. Having that Friday night game, do you do you just say, all right, show and go. We're the one seed. Gotta just show and go. I guess. No, it's it's all valid points as we enter Friday. I mean, it should be. It should like I said, I think I'm really gonna look at. I think Jamie defense is gonna continue doing what they're doing best. I know they're not familiar with Weber State, but I, I always. You know, I feel like at this time of year, especially in college football, you go with talent. You know, I think when you're looking at talent-wise over maybe a strategy, I, I, I tend to towards the talent. And, and that JMU defense right now has just been so tenacious. They're riding another high, like we said, of five interceptions. I think they're going to be fine. I'm just curious to see if this offense can get on track. Because last week, you know, you, what, less than two yards of carry running the football. They've been really struggling running the football this year. So, and they're going to yeah. have to get better if they're going to – defend the national I'm, title. I'm talking with Mike because you know we go on these on-campus trips and you watch games and obviously you don't develop like relationships or want to root for players more but like we we sat down with Joe Carbone and Joe's dad during the regular season so obviously you always want that player to succeed after you meet him and find out what he's like it's just it's just crazy like not that he threw a lot of picks and that's not all his fault there's obviously reasons why but it's just crazy to me how JMU's defense has let up five touchdowns and it's like you'd figure some teams would just be like let's just throw it down and see what happens and then you know joe walker had a touchdown they, a couple of different people had touchdowns but it just they just don't give up it's like stony brook every time you think you're inching things all of a sudden a penalty or or jmu's defense no. stops it i just don't see how teams can yeah. find the scoreboard and i think it's in the in, in another intriguing aspect to look into this game coming up what they did against stony brook what they could do against weber state is Jamie set the tone in both sides of the ball on the first series. Went right down the field, scored a touchdown, all passes, scored to go up, you know, 6 nothing. And then first series for Stony Brook, Joe Carbone takes one of the most vicious shots we have seen all year. And really, you know, I don't know if he was 100% healthy the rest of the way in that game, but that really kind of set the tone for the rest of the afternoon for Stony Brook. Yeah, it was uh – I mean, I, I don't know if you can really fault Stony Brook for, you know, not putting points on the board. True. But just JMU is just, I feel like, on another level. And uh, yep. we saw that this weekend. But let's talk a little bit about the UNH game because I had a heck of a good time watching that one. That I know Tim and I were texting back and forth. And it was just a really good uh, back and forth. It was almost like uh, the the effort that New Hampshire – had in that game you could have like we could have sat here and been like that was still a heck of a game and that was still a heck of an effort uh no matter how the game had ended but you almost felt like the the momentum changes Trevor Knight goes out it had all the drama that you needed it had a, a pick six 
It had guys answering the call when they didn't. And all of a sudden, you know, the way I, I think it's one of those momentum things. How much do you take momentum in playoff play and can you carry it over and just keep it going no matter who you're playing? Yeah, momentum and, of course, experience. I mean, I think New Hampshire looked like a team that's been there before and Central Arkansas didn't on that day. And I know you can play so many hypotheticals. Well, if, you know, really New Hampshire defense, if they didn't allow those two explosive plays, they would have dominated the game. But you can go vice versa if they didn't have yep. a pick six. Or miss the field goal, or yeah. Or miss the field goal, you know, whatever. But uh, but I think the experience – because I was really concerned for New Hampshire going into this game. I didn't think they played all that well in the first-round game against Central Connecticut yeah. State. Yeah, and I wrote them off. I wasn't, yeah. wasn't going to say it on the podcast, but I, I really didn't At, think they Offensively, you mean especially? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I am actually really blown away that they came away with a victory. I think that's – it shows so, so much about Sean McDonald's team right now and and their effort they're putting on the field. Yeah, who's him? Who? Who's he? <laughs> what did he but say not, going down there? Yeah. First trip to Arkansas? Can't wait. Can't wait. Exactly. So <laughs> He said it just like that. <laughs> but I think it went – we talked about it last week. I think it was a bend-don't-break type of mentality on both sides of the ball. We're going to take care of the football, even though they did have a couple turnovers, but we're going to also, on defense for the Wildcats, we're not going to let them – we're not going to let them continue to go up and down the field. We'll let them go up and down the field in between the 20s, but we won't let them score. And that's exactly what happened, except that they were able to force, what, five turnovers? I yeah, mean, four, that turnovers four turnovers. Four turnovers. I, I mean, that, that's that's flat out amazing. That's just guys. And, and Holt in the middle was a man-child. He's been, yeah, he's been uh, really uh, good. Oh the defensive goodness. line for New Hampshire, it's almost yeah. like they're not that big no, until, but, the, until you see a couple of plays and then oh all of a sudden – he just change. flat out dominated. They're going to – I mean, if you ask – the way these two teams are playing, if James Madison's defense, we, we know what to expect. If James Madison's offense can get it going, if New Hampshire keeps the momentum, they're going to have a chance. It's going to be very hard for both of these teams. We're yeah. not at all sitting here, I don't think, expecting JMU to roll, expecting New Hampshire to pull off another upset. At this point in the season, you're going to play teams, you know, who are, are very good, have yeah. athletes, quarterbacks that can make throws, defenses that can get stops. They're there for a reason. Yeah, they're there yeah. for a reason. But I think this is this is what the power of, in my mind, this is CAA play and having that week-to-week mentality. It sounds corny, but I think it, it sets it up to this is how you overcome these types of games. Yeah, and I'm curious to see if the New Hampshire offense, especially running the football, if, Sean, if uh, Trevor Knight doesn't play. Supposedly he was listed as the see, starter. I, I don't which, know if that's yeah some gamesmanship yeah, there. Huh? I don't think it's that. <laughs> um, no, I, if if but still even if Trevor Knight is playing, I think it's going to be very key to see if New Hampshire can take that momentum on offense that they had running. That was probably one of their better outings all season running the football. Yep. Um, Evan Gray was able to produce a bit, quite a bit. I think if they could find a way to do that again this week, they're going to be in the game in the fourth quarter, and I'm sure that's going to be the game plan going down there. Try to find ways to neutralize the crowd because that's a tough crowd to play in front of a South Dakota State looking at some of the footage and, and some of the highlights and, and the crowds that show up there. They're going to have to find a way to really kind of slow their momentum down because they're a prolific offense, and one way by doing that is is running the football. I think one of the biggest, the one of the strongest qualities UNH has as a football team is their ability to adapt. You know, when Lupoli came in, I thought the the play calling was awesome. I thought it was really creative. They were able to kind of, you know, Simplify. center the game plan around Lupoli. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that pitch play was awesome. Yep. And I, I just think, you know, to to be a team that's this far in the playoffs, you have to be able to adapt. True. And they're definitely gonna have to to adapt going up to South Dakota State. They'll make their way up tomorrow at 3, or they'll play tomorrow at 3. Uh, strong team out of the Valley, what what do you think 
we can expect. Yeah, extremely strong. Um, mm, yeah. You one said the, they have a Gronk-like tight end. And, yeah, he's and a, a couple, if you ever if you watch yeah. the game, you'll you'll be able to notice him. And they'll they'll oh. put him in the backfield. They'll have him at yeah. H back. They'll I, I've seen him run a, a tunnel screen, and he's just. I mean, a lot of Mel Kuyper, a lot of the NFL guys are projecting him to be the first or second tight end taken off the board mm. from the state of South Dakota. He's about six four. I think he's bigger, but. So you have to prepare for him. You have to prepare for a quarterback who is about 6'3", Taron Christian, who was the Missouri Valley Player of the Year last year. And Christensen is a guy who is extremely mobile, has accounted for over 30 touchdowns passing and running this year. So, yeah. And then you have Jake Weineke, who is a, a David Ball, a Neil O'Connor kind of hybrid, who is, by the way, third all-time in yeah. FCS touchdowns. Two away. If he has two touchdowns in this game, let's hope not if you're New Hampshire's sake, yeah. he'll tie David Ball for second all-time in FCS history. So. So you're it, saying it's just that, crazy. They're just yeah. they're just really good. Um, this is their sixth straight trip to yep. the FCS playoffs. So this is nothing new. Um, a program that built a brand new stadium, mm-hmm. um, phenomenal stadium Looks in South great. Dakota State. Yep. It it they are just a team in the valley who has quietly just gone to work year after year, and it's starting to pay off. Especially they have two guys who are probably going to get drafted. So and it so and it's already hard to say because I feel like these guys played their best games last week as the New Hampshire defense as a whole. But you know you're talking about. You know, it makes a, you're talking about a mobile quarterback, and you're talking about a really good yeah. tight end. That so I'm looking worried. at Dean, and I'm looking at Keel. Yeah. And they've already had phenomenal games, and, and now we're more likely they're still going to have to have yep. their best game of the season for New Hampshire to pull this off here this weekend. Do you actually believe that, like I know for a fact, uh, Coach McDonald said on the call, he talked with uh, Mark Ferrante and talked yeah. with Villanova. Do you actually believe, though, like, you can look at Villanova's game last year. And remember, I, I've talked about it many times. I'm still salty about it, that South Dakota State essentially won on a field goal. Should have gone to overtime, but won on a field goal that went off the crossbar. Do you believe that, like, seeing a team like Villanova, obviously a different defensive-minded team, but go to South Dakota State and limit them and, and keep it close, do you think a team like UNH will actually look at that? And oh, yeah, they, I think it? they have to. I think, you know, for their morality, they might need to. Yeah. You know, before going down there, knowing that a CA, you know, a team like Villanova that was in their shoes was able to go down there and it took a field goal to go over the crossbar. But I think, you know, you look at a South Dakota State team for the limited knowledge I know about them. I, I believe there's a lot of the same players that played against that Villanova team on offense, especially that are yeah. back this year. So, you know, strategy wise, yes, I do think they should look at that film. I, it's good to hear that Coach McDonald's talking to Coach Ferrante about it because, you know, obviously. Coach Ferrante had a knows, that, knew how yeah. to neutralize that prolific offense, and you know, granted, yeah, maybe some of the players have changed, but you know, Coach Ferrante is one of the better, best defensive coordinators, and now head coaches in FCS football. So you got to go with what his instincts were to be able to stop the Jackrabbits. Looking at a, a 22 degree low for Saturday Ooh, in Brookings, South that. Dakota, which Snow. is probably that's probably balmy for South Dakota. Yeah, right? yeah, that is. I would say like shorts and t-shirt. Weather. You remember the Villanova game last year? It was snowing a oh, little yeah. bit. It was yep. sleeting, snowing a little bit. Um, just interesting. It's both interesting matchups again because of the well, we know on paper the Valley. We know yep. South Dakota State on paper is really really good. We know yes. Weber State is kind of. A little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say an unknown, but only two losses. They played Cal really well. They did. They obviously upset a team last week who they lost to in the regular season. So yep. at this point in the year, again, it keeps coming back to every week you have to show up because there's there's no time oh, yeah. to hide anymore. Absolutely. No guests this week on the Yak, mm-hmm. so we're just going to throw it to the three and out. And you know what, Tim? I'm going to just hand this to you because yeah. I can't read your handwriting. Yeah, give me that. Dr. McDonald. 
Oh boy. Oy. All right, I'm, so I'm told that the questions are Christmas themed. There's a couple oh, of Christmas can't wait. themed. Um, all right, so I'll start with a non-Christmas themed Bob, um, and this one you might need a couple of minutes, so you know. Okay. We can we can pause the the podcast for a second if you need it, but so you know all the head coaching changes at the FBS level. There's yep. been it's absurd. You know it's absurd. You oh, read yeah. the buyouts. You read the. Yep. Tennessee, Sumlin, you read Chip Kelly, all these different coaches and the amount of money. But if you had uh, five, let's say, let's just say, if you had a million dollars, we're playing a little guessing game here. So okay. If you had a million dollars and you could start an FCS, so you're not an mm-hmm. FBS, you had a million dollars to go get a coach. Yep. Um, but that coach had to be a CAA football player. It could be a CAA football assistant, but it can't be a current head coach or another head coach. So it has to be a a former player within the last five years okay. or an assistant coach, who would you kind of, if you had that money in that FBS caliber to start a program, who would you kind of go after? It could be, you know, I know you want to throw out, he he joined us again. You want to throw out Arthur Motes? That could be, you know, that could be your answer. Yeah. But man, within the last five years, it could be a, a player or an assistant coach or something of that nature to start a, an FCS program. You know, it, it's funny that it, it, this actually didn't take me long to – think because we've spoken to this young man many times and he's just very very intelligent and he's hopefully not going to be a coach anytime soon he's going to have a very successful pro career because he's going to the Reese's Senior Bowl Mr. Kyle Lalletta and I heard him good answer exactly because I heard him on the local ESPN radio here in Richmond this week as he's getting ready for the Senior Bowl and he was talking about the quarterbacks that he watches and the coaches that he really likes. He's a Bill Belichick fan. Even though he's an Eagles fan, but he he likes Bill Belichick as head coach and tries to, you know, mimic Aaron Rodgers' style, which, I mean, if you're right now going to go with two guys, you know, uh, Super Bowl winning coach, Aaron Rodgers, probably one of the most accurate passers in the NFL. But watching him kind of dissect why he likes them, Really makes me think there's a coaching career for Kyle. He studies the game very well, and you, he plays like he studies the game. I mean, he he really tore up defenses all year long this year, and I think he, with that, I think I could see a brilliant scientist offensive coordinator in our future that then turns into a head coach because he does have the natural leadership skills as well. That's a tough one. I don't know how you beat that. Neither do I. <laughs> Because I, I was, I was possibly leaning towards Gluey's way. Um, the pilot. I think I was actually gonna go. <laughs> I, I think I, if I don't go the quarterback way and the, the obvious choice, I think, I think I was leaning towards um, a Mike Riley esque. So kind of like uh, that old say feel, the defensive feel. And I'm not yeah. saying he would take over William Mary or anything like that, but no. Plus, he's already got the nutritional background. I was going to um, say, he yeah, it's the, funny that you mentioned him because I had the Mike Riley diet for dinner last did night. Did you? Did you really? <laughs> chicken, and chicken and rice. Chicken and rice. But I, I think I would just pick uh, Mike Riley because you have that. I like defensive-minded guys. I like guys who he would obviously a young guy who would understand right away the importance of. Uh, Eating. Weight room, the importance of nutrition. He would have those little – it would be kind of that experimental background. But outside of Lalletta, I think I would pick Mike Riley because of that young he, – he knows how to condition the team. They would be the best conditioned team ever. Remember going that's, through that's Mike Riley's house? Remember, tough, going, through Mike, remember going through so. Mike Riley's house in, yeah, the, in the backyard awesome. with the log? Yeah, he logs had like the logs. And stuff and that, that. The <laughs> yeah. What amazing 
freak. And he's still playing, correct? Or he is? I believe so. Some bouncing if, around if a little not, bit. Yeah, bouncing around a little bit. That's a tough question. I I admit that was not my best. Uh, I think I dominated your yeah. question. That's what happened. And threw him a curveball. Yeah, it's it's tough to beat Kyle Aletta because that's just one of those guys you you look at and you're like, yeah, he's a coach. He's gonna be a coach. So I'm gonna go with Bobby. Okay. Well, but, agreed. But disagree. nutrition is important. Also, it is important. All right. Um, this one is also kind of random. Yeah. Not Christmas themed yet. I'll save that for the end. But that's fine. So there's been a lot of. Um, if you've watched JMU set an attendance record last weekend. Yep. If you watch the Central Arkansas game on TV, the fans sounded loud, but it, the the numbers it was like five thousand yep. out in uh, Southern Utah had a good crowd. But other than that, the the crowd in the playoffs. What is the biggest factor in students not really showing up to games especially for playoffs because we see it for like homecoming we see it all these things is it as simple as they'd rather watch and sit at home watching it on tv and, and being able to look on twitter at home or what is the biggest factor in, in why these playoff games because it seems like it's getting worse in my i mean I, this is just from my perspective <sighs> if you have a good team and you have a good fan base like jmu you're gonna yeah. have fifteen thousand plus but these other schools even jmu it's it's not full capacity that's what I don't necessarily understand, and that's what I'm trying to get at. I'm going to go with Is there still, any, I'm gonna there go might with, not even be I'm an gonna answer. I'm going to go with the scholastic reasons, exams, Thanksgiving, you know, just I mean a lot of schools are aren't even open in December. So, you know, they're just in they the south. Shut, in the south, they just shut down after Thanksgiving and they say we'll see you in the new year. So, I think that's I think that has I I'm going to go on the scholastic end here where you know, exams really kind of get in the way. And, you know, if you're a studious student like Tim McDonald, you know. Yeah, back in the day. Back in the day. You know, if you're studying hard for an exam, I mean, you know, going to a football game, that's a whole day commitment. You got the tailgate, you got the game, traffic, all that other stuff. Even if you are a student on campus, you're still going to commit a day to it. You're not going to go, oh, I'm going to study for a couple hours in the morning and then just go walk up to the game. I mean, more than likely, that's not going to happen. So, I mean, it's just with technology these days and, and, you know, people really trying to pursue education, I'm really going to go down this education route that it's just easy to watch it in your room while you're trying to knock out a paper or two. This message was brought to you by Bobby Royals. Yep. That's just <laughs> Bobby, Bobby for America. <laughs> 2020. Yeah, that is your mayoral. <laughs> that is your, we're going to look back at this and rewind it and exactly. it'll be played across. Um Interesting route. I didn't think no. you would go with the educational route. I, I'm no. going to go just to be opposite again, but I think it's just there's too many options to watch through different platforms. You can watch it on your phone. People are watching Netflix on their phone during games. I also I just don't think students have the interest in sports unless it is an NFL or unless it is a it's, – it's a shame in my mind. Like if I went to James Madison or if I went to Richmond or Villanova and these teams, I just don't understand – not why they're not going. I just don't understand what else better do you have to do to support your school. It just seems like this, the, the spirit and the caring for it has really declined. So for me, I think there's too many options. I think there's too many, oh, we could go to the movies. We could sit at home. We could check out streaming. We could do all these different things. Half the time in today's day and age, if you watch the games, half the students are on their phones at yeah. timeouts or half the students I don't think want to sit through TV timeouts. They're watching yeah. the highlights on Twitter. They're watching exactly. from well, the my, they're checking Twitter, my they're checking other updates. Thing would have been if there I needs to be incentives. If I didn't go down if I didn't go down the education route, not that this is my answer, this is oh where boy. I thought you were going to go. I was going to go down the weather route because if you really look at it college football, I mean the pros or not the pros, the FBS level, they don't they're not playing in December unless it's a bowl game late in the December. Those are the first few weeks and 
you know, and then the bowl games are in Florida or Arizona or somewhere very nice and warm. But, you know, you look at some of these places at South Dakota State, uh, James Madison, uh, just all the, you know, New Hampshire. I mean, it's, it's, it gets cold and it, and, you know, I'm just saying it gets cold. I got nothing. Sorry. <laughs> it gets cold, Tim. It gets cold. It gets very Deal cold. It, it looked cold in southern Utah. It's cold. That was awesome. Tim. Yes, yes, Tim's it gets cold, cold, him. cold. It gets cold. So that is uh, the conclusion of the second question, Mike. So. You, can, uh, <laughs> you think I'm gonna edit that out? <laughs> edit what out? I think, and this is hard. This is hard to say because if these platforms weren't available, Bobby and I probably wouldn't have a job. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I think, like you said, one of the biggest things is hey i can just watch it on my laptop while i while i study or watch multiple games at once i think yeah. it's just but there's not multiple games happening there during the playoffs unless, you're, but unless like you're talking about like watching the the association maybe steph curry <laughs> why not right switch it over there. when you can add warm comforts of your home exactly you just threw in weather we just threw in <laughs> just education think. weather and multiple platforms all in one all answer right. i don't even finally, know who wins. finally we got the christmas special but we've talked a lot about in past yaks about like Traditions around the holidays, yep. food, movies. I think we've done pop. We did songs, right? Because you picked the NSYNC song a couple oh, years yeah. ago. 98 Degrees, bro. Sorry, 98 Degrees. In your opinion, when is the appropriate and best time to officially say this? It could be a date. It could be uh, a time. When is the time that if you could choose, people should, that's when, this is the day you get into the Christmas spirit. You go get the, I don't know if you're a live Christmas tree guy. I've, In the Broyles like household. I feel like no. I feel like no. I already know that answer. I'm very, very low maintenance. Okay. <laughs> but it's like also okay, a fire when, hazard. when yes. do you put up the lights? Do you put up like, yeah. what is the date? Like is it the is it the day after Thanksgiving? Is it the cuz you know some families, a northeast tradition in New England, some families don't get a Christmas tree until Christmas Eve and they do it that's together crazy. and that's crazy. That that's just a waste of time. But when is the best appropriate date in to the in the Broyles household it is Friday after Thanksgiving. I tell wife wow. i said if it doesn't go up then it's n- then we're limited in terms of like if, if you have decorations or if yeah, you have lights Friday and thanksgiving stuff. you got a month for this stuff to hang up and if i'm going to dedicate a whole day of hanging stuff up it's going to stay up for a month at least so usually i have mine down well before new year's too like december 27th is i start having that itch that it all has to come down so Whoa. yeah Okay, that, See, that can factor into the Yeah, that can factor into I might have just See, ruined the Winley family, we let it ride. Yeah, he <laughs> let it ride, man. What? Let it ride? We're not, we're not touching the stuff until January 15th, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You got you to, gotta, like, Mostly because we're the lazy. <laughs> I, plus, if you keep it up, it feels like the holiday's still going on. You don't have to go back to, you know? Yeah, I have this psychological feel. problem where it's like, I'm ready to move on from Christmas when Christmas happens and it's over. And then, and it's then over. right after Thanksgiving, I'm like... All right, this stuff needs to go up because if I if we don't if we don't do it now and I put it up in December tenth and two weeks later I got to bring it all down I'm gonna be very frustrated and annoyed. It's so what is so what is yours? It, when my do you, answer when do you put your Christmas? my answer is that after Thanksgiving that's way too soon too oh too quick God, too early. If you, like the fact that <laughs> you're so you're not gonna put up Christmas stuff because it's like you wait a week like. I'll get yeah. in fully the best way to spread Christmas cheer singing aloud for all to hear. I will get fully in christmas mode once it's like okay thanksgiving has ended now you know that week has all right now things are what's oh, the leftover it's december oh my god it's oh. december you can start thinking you can start shopping online you can start getting presents ready obviously so you gotta skip get the black real friday and cyber monday yeah i do oh, i think man. those are extremely overrated i'm trying to rest for thanksgiving <laughs> 
this, don't get me in the Christmas spirit, but I think it's that first week of December, kind of, that's when you, I'm comfortable going home, putting on the radio Christmas music, or going at work, putting on Christmas music. I'm not comfortable doing that when it's still November. I don't like the trend that's happening, though, that Christmas music. It starts I feel like, earlier and Oh, earlier. it's starting earlier every year. That's not, that's or, not a rumor. Or we're seeing, like, pumpkin beer and pumpkin spice in August. Yeah, Ugh. true. That's, that's too, too, early. too hot to drink that. That's too early, but. Next thing you know, Christmas music's going to be played the day after Halloween. Yeah, it's a possibility. I just think you have to wait appropriately until December just feels right to me. That's you got 25 days. You got to make the most of 25 it. 25 days, you know. Do you have one of those calendars at home that the for Advent? December that no. you put like you switch the day? No, I don't. I don't have those. I have one of those that has a Christmas tree that goes in the pocket. Just switch every day. Yep. It's perfect. I'm torn because I like I like making the most of the Christmas holiday. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure I'm into, uh, bringing things down on December 27th. Yay! Man, I, I knew it. On that the one. minute you said that, I, I knew know. it. I saw his face. Like, he went, he said it. like, Oh, <laughs> do you really? Oh yeah. It's before New house? Year's, the Christmas stuff has to be down. Wow. See, that's too aggressive. It has to be down. That's too aggressive to me. Or I, I start feeling very irritated. You know what? Okay. Not to segue into the end of this, but we should, we'll wrap it up here. Is it weird, too, that this year, because of Christmas falling, you know, like technically the semifinals, we still have, you're yeah. going to have that week. So there's going to be about three weeks in between the national oh, yeah. championship. If CA, like if CA football gets a team into the semifinals, it would be the fifth straight year that they've had a team in the semifinals, first time since 2013 that two teams would be in the semifinals if both New Hampshire and James Madison win. I don't, I, I personally don't like, which is, it's amazing to think back to like the 16 teams that you would have, yep. the championship would be. Christmas weekend and yep. Monday you'd wake up and Santa would be there. I, I don't like the fact that there's this weekend the way that the calendar worked out. It's this weekend and then Christmas, okay, New Year's, okay, and then the national championship. That's that's I don't like that at all. Speaking of next week, are we coming back next week? Regardless, I don't <laughs> know if I want to have a depression episode leading if, into Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll wait and see how your de Christmasing went after <laughs> after the holiday after New Year's. Perfect. I think that's all, right? Yeah, I think that's all for this week. Go Dukes. Go Wildcats. Good night, Canada.